The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Today, when Jesus goes up to the temple in Jerusalem, he gets surprised, like your parents got surprised that time in high school, when they came home from vacation and found beer cans under the couch and cigarette burns in the carpet and realized that while they were away, you had had quite a party. The last time we met Jesus in the temple, he was only 12 years old. It was Passover, and he had been visiting Jerusalem with his parents. And when they left home for Nazareth, he stayed behind to teach, amazing everybody who heard him because he was so wise and yet so young. It took St. Mary and St. Joseph three days to double back and find him. And by the time they did, they were worried sick. But Jesus explained that he meant no disrespect. He had just been working from home. The temple was his father's house, and he was there obediently tending his father's business. So when Jesus comes back to work in Jerusalem today, and he sees the equivalent of beer cans and cigarette burns everywhere, all over the temple. First he is surprised, and then he gets angry. So he makes himself a whip, and he scatters the sheep and the bulls and the doves and the coins and the customers. And he turns over the tables because the tables are in his way. For anybody who was paying attention, this all makes sense. All the clues were there ahead of time, and those who question him today really should have known. This was the same Jesus who healed blind Bartimaeus on the way up the hill from Jericho to Jerusalem. This was the Jesus who wept over Jerusalem as he got near. The truth is, Jesus was already hurt, and he was already angry, and sorrowful too, because they would not have him as their Savior. 
This was the Jesus who protected his disciples on Palm Sunday when they cried out, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. He warned the Pharisees that if they silenced his disciples, the stones would start talking. This was the Jesus who rode on a donkey instead of a war horse and played his own sort of king by embracing the little and the lost and the last and the least and all the losers and even the dead. And he gave all that he gave for free. By our standards, giving away valuable things for free is bad business. But if you ask Jesus, who was all about his Heavenly Father's business, this was the plan all along. To give good gifts without a fee. So the tables of the money changers are definitely in the way. Those tables in the temple represent everything that Jesus came to end. You don't need lambs for sacrifice if you've got the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you don't need money changers if Jesus gives his favor for free. So Jesus, when he hits the boiling point in verse 17, when he tips over their tables and he drives away their sacrifices, Jesus is actually doing them a kindness. He is clearing the way for them to side with him, to see the world the way he sees it, and then to say as he says and do as he does. When Jesus tips over their tables, he is smashing their idols. But he is also giving them a chance to have a new king and a new life. This, I think, is exactly what happened to you. Precisely at that moment, when your parents figured out that there had been a party, but while they were still so stunned that they hadn't punished you yet. There was that pause, that tiny window of opportunity for you to confess and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Because if you waited too long, then you'd have to stick by your original story, which was, of course, a lie. I'm not sure what you did, but this is what Jesus did. Coming up the hill to Jerusalem, Jesus has a single interest, dying. Dying in weakness and dying well. But the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law have exactly the opposite interest, living, especially living in strength and living well. So for them, any king who is not about prophets and power and deals and force is for them no king at all, and eventually then they have to kill him. They missed their last best chance, but there is still hope for you and for me. Next time you meet Jesus, don't kill him. Welcome him, because Jesus 
cleanses temples. If, as St. Paul says, you are a temple, 1 Corinthians 6, don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? So if you are a temple, it happened to you when you were baptized, and if Lent is the time to cleanse temples, if this is the season for tipping over tables and smashing idols, then Jesus is here today to do you a kindness. And you ought to take your chance right now. In this tiny gap, between the time that Jesus is surprised that you came back with so many sins this morning, and the time when Jesus gets really angry about it because you cling to them so tightly. Take the chance to confess and throw yourself on the mercy of the court right now. Since Jesus doesn't want to be your enemy. After all, Jesus came up the hill to Jerusalem not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And in just a moment, he wants to touch that ransom to your tongue at the Holy Eucharist, forgiving everything, smashing your idols and setting you back on course for the long walk back to Eden. Please, please, let him have his way with you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.